Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to Big Sunday. One week from the 4th of July. Jay Binkley with Grant Nicholson, as I am every Sunday. Got some donuts without you, buddy. You win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. I think it probably melt in here, though, before you actually had it. It's a little toasty. I'm just getting things fixed, buddy. It's getting things fixed. Fourth of July next Sunday. Can you believe that? Absolutely not. It's like it's been a fast summer. I feel like I don't want to be that guy that says, man, it's going to rain. Or, man, it's sure nice out here. But I've said that a few times. Like, oh, man, this humidity. Because it does suck. But I still want to be that guy, you know, the pleasantries. But doesn't it feel weird? Because it seems like this every year. It seems like you wait for summer, summer hits. Boom, you start seeing the fireworks stands mid-June. Fourth of July is right here. Then all of a sudden you got kids going back to school in August. And then we got football season. Glorious, glorious football season. That's what I'm waiting for, baby. Football season. What is today, the 27th? You know what happens next July 27th? No idea. Report day, buddy. Oh, wow. Month away. Month from today. They'll get going, I think, on around the 28th, something like that. Not going to have my midnight madness like I was hoping for, for the Chiefs, but you just can't have everything you want. But, yes, Wednesday, July 28th, the Chiefs practice, uh, 9.15 in the morning. That's the uh, scheduled time for the Chiefs practices at 9.15. But a month from tomorrow, they'll be getting going. But, of course... They'll show up, and they'll be filtering in the 26th. 27th will be the big day, and then, of course, they start practice on Wednesday. We're already a month. It's unbelievable to me how quick this thing flies. You have 4th of July, then we have football season. We're two months from college football. Two months, it's it. And you know how fast it goes? Then, boom, we're into the National Football League, and once again, I know that we're getting back to normal, so to speak. To me, that's normal. To me, getting back to football is normal. I was hoping the Kansas City Royals could give us that bump. It's a selfish thing to ask for. And I'm not just saying I want the bump until Chiefs camp, because I'm not going back to those days. You know, but when I first started here, you know, you, just, you hope the Royals got you to, to training camp, and then you can argue about the punter and Eric Fisher at the time. Like, just get us till we can argue about Eric Fisher. And then 2014, 15, it was all about the Royals. I mean, there's. It was weird because you go to training. Like when I first started here, almost 70% of your show was Chiefs. 
Maybe more than that. Maybe 75% Chiefs, 25% Royals. Because that's what people want to talk about. Then 14 and 15. We were at training camp up at Uncle D's, but it was, hey, let's talk about the Royals. That's what people's interest was in. This year, I have a strange feeling that come July 28th, we're going to be talking about the offensive line and the third receiver. I can see it on the horizon. I can see it right now, Grant. That's what we're going to be talking about because that is going to be storyline one. But it's amazing, amazing to me. Last year really felt like a blur. Like, I'm not going to lie, last year at this time, Grant, because there was nothing going on. Like, we didn't have baseball until July 24th. You know, the only thing that kept me busy was me and Kramer showing up here at night to do virtual roles. Like, there was we said some NASCAR, some golf without fans. That was it. And then it was all of a sudden, you couldn't go to St. Joe. There was no OTAs, no mini camp. You couldn't even really go to training camp, even from our perspective. I mean, a few people could here and there, but it was not the same. And then, boom, you go in the regular season. No training. Was, we get the full deal this year. Three preseasons instead of four seasons. I can deal with that. But four preseason games if we're counting the Hall of Fame game, which I always count. Because that, to me, is the kickoff football. Unless they don't have the field painted like a few years ago where they had to cancel the game. How did I, how did I not know that you were just a big Hall of Fame game guy? You know what? I was in Canton, Ohio, back in 2010, something like that, during the Hall of Fame game. Had to be traveling to the East Coast by myself. I was like, why the hell not? Let's do this thing. You ever been to the Hall of Fame? Any Hall of Fame. You ever been the one? I mean, I've been to a Hall of Fame. I mean, I've been to the Kansas State Hall of Fame. <laughs> but I, I've never Bro. been to the NFL Hall of Fame, no. You've never been to the College Basketball Hall of Fame down here in Kansas City? No, not that one either. Really? Uh-uh. See, I figured that would have been the one you went to because of the proximity of it. And going to Sprint Center or T-Mobile Center now, you might have snuck in there and looked at it and checked it out. No, I don't believe so, huh? Where Where is the Kansas State Hall of Fame? Where do they keep it? I don't remember. Is that, is that a fan I hear? Yeah, I got a fan going in here, dude. It's hot. <laughs> Regardless, this road trip for the Royals, and back to the Royals. We, we got to find it. You got to find, okay, what are you looking for with the Kansas City Royals? That's the question. What do you want to see with the Kansas City Royals? Like, what are you looking for? Because I'll be honest with you, what I was looking for was two out of three against the Yankees to follow two out of three against the Red Sox. And you know what? That second, those first two games, one-run games, close games that, that last game got away from the Royals. Which, 50-103 mark against the Yankees going back. They haven't beat him in a series since 2015. You know, this Rangers almost feels like that. Today's different, though. Four-game losing streak, right? Don't want to hit five. Don't want to hit five. They only had four such streaks in 2019. That's it. Four streaks of five games or more. They're at four now. You don't want to see them get to five. Six straight series to Texas, season series, not series, but season series because you play them home and road to the Texas Rangers. It's unbelievable. I was looking through these stats of uh, Dave Holtzman from Bally Sports, and he had this little nugget on here. Royals five and six hitters have a combined 587 OPS, tied with the Pirates for worst in baseball. And we have this argument, you know, to Salvi, can he get to the Hall of Fame or not? Because then you think of Yadier Molina sitting out here. Dude's always had people behind him. I mean, like Beltron and Carpenter, guys like this for protection. This is the kind of protection Salvador Perez has got this year. I remember when they put Mondi over there. You know, there was somebody behind Salvador Perez. But instead, it's been like Dozier and Solera and these type of guys and Gutierrez now. I mean, this that lineup from Perez on for the Royals is not the lineup I expected to see for the Kansas City Royals this deep into the season. 
pretty rough. I mean, yesterday was bad, and then you you had an opener situation going. I get that. I'm okay with the opener. Like I I don't know, Grant. I've always been a fan of this, unrationally probably. When the, when the Rays start doing this, was Sergio Romo the guy that pulled his pants off at the mound for the A's when he was used as the opener in Tampa? I thought it was good. You know, and even Dayton Moore at the postseason you know press conference was kind of like, all right, here's what we got to do. Got to get 27 outs. Doesn't matter how you do it. You want to use the pitcher at the end of the first. It doesn't matter as long as you get the. Like, I'm okay with the opener. Now, some pitchers, you know, like your Blake Snells and stuff like that, were in Tampa, and the Tyler Glass now, they don't use them for those type of guys. But, you know, yesterday, using Kyle Zimmer, who's been absolutely outstanding, he's a success story. He's the guy that Alberto Mondesi should be looking for, you know, looking at all the injuries that Zimmer had. Like, every every year on the show, we talk about Zimmer's injuries because he'd get hurt in AAA, didn't matter. Zimmer was always hurt. He's finally starting to come around. He's pitching damn good for the Royals. It has been. And, like, Zimmer's now that stable guy. That's the guy that took forever. That's the guy I believe Montessi should be looking at. Me look at yesterday. You know, but behind Merrifield and Santana Perez, you get O'Hearn. Okay, yeah, he was killing it in AAA. Hit a couple home runs here in the show. But is that somebody you can count on to hit behind Perez? No. Then Gutierrez, Soler, Dyson, Taylor, and Lopez. What an opener. And it's like, I, I, like I said, I like the opener, but I just did not see this at this point. Now, Danny Duffy, by the way, this is what the Royals are going to do with Danny Duffy. We'll talk to Vern coming up at about 11.30. Mike Matheny said this, asked about Danny Duffy's usage going forward. He says, quote, what that means is probably less of a ramp up in a traditional sense of what you'd normally look for and more kind of what we saw before. If you didn't know what they used, Danny Duffy in the bullpen on Friday, that's what they're going to use him. That or opening games. Keeping him to a modest pitch count. We're trying to figure out how we can keep him on the mound as often as possible to keep him healthy. It's really what it comes down to. We've had some talks with Danny, the medical team, sports science, obviously the front office as well. We'll keep continue giving him starts, but limit how long he's going to go. Listen, Danny Duffy was the best pitcher for the Royals this year. Danny Duffy was absolutely killing it, but... When you're stretching him out, the arms gets a little sore, right? They're using him for spot start. He was supposed to do a bullpen Friday. So he said, you know what? Instead of that, just go out in a live game. Like, they need his arm. That's why they go out and get Swarzak. They just need somebody to throw the baseball. And Danny Duffy fits into that. And I've always thought, we talked about it before the season. Like, I always figured Danny Duffy, now, they wasn't, this is not intentional. This is due to injuries and, you know, stretching him out. But just getting something out of Danny Duffy because they need it. You know, Brad Keller's quote, the ace of the staff, that's not working out either. You know, behind Mondesi, Soler, and Dozier, that right there, Keller, is probably the biggest disappointment on the Kansas City Royals, which because we know how talented he is. We know how talented Brad Keller can be. Dude could be a stud. Dude was an anomaly. You know, real five pickups, picking up for the Royals. The guy's got – Keller's good, man. What's going on right now is baffling to me, but – to be honest with you, he needs the opener. Like, but I don't what I don't want to see is because he's so bad in the first inning, Brad Keller. Been so bad in the first inning. But I don't want to prolong that to the third inning. Like, you know, you give him the first inning, second inning off, and you're saying, okay, because you're, you're bad in the first. Well, then you better hope he doesn't do this stuff in the third inning. You know, that okay, oh, we're fine now with Brad Keller. Now that we're not using him first or second inning because we're using the opener, which by the way, I am I'm I'm for doing anything for Brad Keller. 
If that's throwing it Andy Duffy, then give him some Kelly. I'm good with that. If, if, if Brad Keller can become that guy when he comes in in a third, if that's what so they choose to do. But you hate to do that with the ECU staff. Like, you hate to admit defeat, wave the white flag, and say, we're going to use an opener for our ace. No. Like, that's not what you want. Here was Josh Vernier the other day on Vern's uh, pregame show, which, by the way, he'll have that coming up at 1230 today. A little bit different because it's 135 start in Arlington today. But uh, here's Vern. Which brings us to the second branch of this pitching tree, Danny Duffy. Duffy's been the second most valuable Royals player, according to baseball reference. Second only to his longtime battery mate and soon-to-be seven-time All-Star, Salvador Perez. But the news with Duffy isn't as sunny as his wins-above-replacement numbers would indicate. Now, Mike Matheny described to me again earlier today the plan moving forward for the 32-year-old Duffy, who missed 31 games this season with a flexor strain. Missed 31 games and is still second on the team and wins above replacement. Uh, Mike Matheny earlier today acknowledged that Duffy felt pain in that arm when trying to stretch out. When attempting to get that pitch count up, meaning. When trying to be a starting pitcher, he feels pain, basically. So the team has decided to use Duffy, honestly, much like how I just described Kyle Zimmer's past nine days. Serving as a multiple inning opener every fifth day and then working out of the bullpen in between. Now for how long? We'll see. Jacob Junis, you have him in Omaha. Daniel Lynch and Jackson Kowar are there as well. So reinforcements are within the organization. Uh, Richard Lovelady, Tyler Zuber, they're in AAA as well. Most of those names I would expect to see return to the big leagues in the second half of this season. As I've mentioned before, once we get to the end of this 20 games and 20 days stretch, once we get to the end of what feels like this plank, once we reach the end, it's the all-star break and it's likely time to turn the page to 2022. Unless, unless the Royals can post a winning record in these final 20 games do that and okay let's go second half I'm on board but you fall short of that you have a losing record in these 20 games it's on to 2022 so there's Vern a couple nights ago uh talking about Danny Duffy and you know you hate to hear it but again you don't hate to hear it because the more you see of Danny Duffy in a role in the bullpen or being an open for the team they can't help it because you see him more than every fifth day now, if he's in the rotation, you feel good when Danny Duffy's out there. But you get to see him more. And I always pondered if they went into the season, if, 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 you know, Chris Bubich was showing some signs of being that guy you could start besides coming in behind an opener because he's looked he's looked okay. All right? The Daniel Lynch didn't work out. Jackson Coar, you know, sent down. If they would have worked out and I was thinking, okay, man, who's the odd man out? We all talked about Who's the odd man out? Do you push Duffy to the bullpen? That would have been perfect if Coar's dealing, Lynch is dealing. You got these young arms, Bubich, Singer, and these guys are dealing. Instead, you have a bullpen that's six most taxed in the American League. They're using them a lot. They're depleted. And they got this 20 games in a row. But Duffy, remember a couple of years ago when he came back, you know, went to the, he, he went to a rehab, then he was in Houston, he was in the boys. Dude was hitting 99 from the left-hand side of the plate. But again, 
What are you looking for for the rest of the season? To me, like that Solaire train has passed for this year. Yeah, I'd love to see him get hot towards the end of the year. Not in September. I don't I, like this year's September numbers are back to normal. Last year was a little bit different because of the short season. But what do you want to see? I want to see development from the pitching staff. Now, I don't know if we're going to see it from Singer because they're not letting him go the distance. Like Chris Bubich was nice. You know, maybe at the end of July or sometime in August, you see Coar and Lynch. Can they turn that corner? Because minor leagues have been so weird this year. Get up here, turn the corner. I think that's the hope. Get this team ready for 2022. Is Bobby Witt Jr. going to compete for a starting job this year or next year? That's something to talk about. Dude had four hits yesterday, five ribs, 12th home run. He keeps smashing. But again, he's marinating right now. He's getting that seasoning right before he gets to Omaha. Steven and Olathe, what's up, Sunshine? Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, uh, you know, I just want to see us cut big contracts and get Bobby Witt up. I'm, I'm fine. We'll be in playoff contention next year. Um, could I, be. I, I, what'd you say? I said could be. Never know. Well, I wanted to talk about all of uh, – I want to talk about something a little more positive, man. The uh, All of our Mocan elite AAU guys, former guys, dominating the NBA playoffs, man. This has been the greatest NBA playoffs that I can remember. All these uh, malcontents losing, you know, like Paul George and, and LeBron and uh, and Kyrie Irving, all these, the ratings are up 40% because of all these jerks that are out of the playoffs. They're, they're, it feels like the air has been lifted. It feels like the life has begun again now that all these, that the good guys are, are winning in the NBA like Chris Paul. Have you been watching the Olympic trials, Steve, too? I mean, you're talking all these sports, so I'm going to throw some at you because you threw an NBA at me when I wasn't talking NBA. You've been watching the trials? Yeah, yeah, man. Great. It's been fantastic. I love that, too, man. How about this, man? How about this, this, Steve? The two pole vaulters for Team USA, two out of three, they're from Kansas City, right? You got Nielsen from Park Hill. You got Casey Lightfoot, Lee Summit. Two and three, Kansas City. One of those runners yesterday, Nielsen, went to Mizzou. She quali- she's a St. Louis girl. I mean, these Missouri, and one of the, one of the, uh, the girls uh, hammer throw from Missouri. I mean, Missouri's all over the place. But how about Kansas City, the pole vaulting, and, and Nielsen, the uh, shot putter, born in Kansas City. But two of the three, they talked about, you know, they were in some, they talked about back in high school from Park Hill, Nielsen, and they, they competed against each other in high school. They talked about being in a meet. You know, somewhere out behind Blue Springs, like the the pole vaulting was cold and was behind one of the sheds, like where they've gone from there to now the world elite. I didn't know if you knew this, but this is the pole vaulting capital of the world. I absolutely did not know this. No. It's good to know. Steve's always calling. I like Steve, but Steve's always all over the place. Like if I get Steve to focus, he went straight to the NBA and everybody's jerks. Like I wasn't prepared for that, Steve. I want to talk Olympians. I want, I'm talking Royals baseball. He says they'll compete next year, so I guess that Steve is a glass half empty guy. But that was more of a glass half full. He tried his best to be positive. He, he wanted he, to, get, but he well, can't. But Steve can't though, man. He, he really tried though. He tried. We'll get there, Steve. We'll get there, man. We'll get there. I, I do like the positivity. We'll talk to Vern at 11:30 about Danny Duffy. We'll hear from Mike Matheny coming up a little bit later in the show. But coming up next, something favorite. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady was on the shop, said some unbelievable stuff. We'll get to that at 1045. But coming up next, something Kelsey said that has me spinning. We do that next. Sunday. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't wait for Retro Week, man. Grant will be sitting there going, oh, that guy worked at 610? Oh, that guy worked at 610? I can't wait to hear from Parkins. Got some Doug Franz around the show. I'll be on with old Henry Lake. It'll be a blast from the past. Wednesday, same day as Danny. Lake and I'll be 12 to 1. Get the old crew together. Kind of where are they now? It's fun, man. There's been some things that have happened since we've missed these guys. Super Bowl champion, you know? There's some things to catch up on. Some things that happened when they left. Now, maybe we get the title because they left. Just kidding. They were here for uh, the Royals winning one, so, you know. But anyway, looking forward to that. Travis Kelsey said that this this, this week on uh, SiriusXM. Stephen Olathe, this for you, man. Because I wish you would have saved your call. Because I want to get your opinion on this. Well, I mean, I'll say... I'll, I'll... I took a note from the Bulls uh, when they were uh, they were, you know, winning their championships and, and had their had their run. Uh, it don't mean a thing if you ain't got the ring, baby. And I, I that's right. All, the, that all those accolades, all that stuff. It might be cool when I'm I'm sitting down on a couch watching the young guys try and chase the record, but it wouldn't, right now, none of that really meant anything. And, it, and last year was a failure to me, to be honest. It's just mm. it, that's just what I have in my heart. This is the, the type of player I am, man. If uh, if we're not going out there winning Super Bowls, man, the season isn't a success. See, I'm good with that. I'm good with that because this should be your mindset. You know, Grant, you, you went to K-State. You obviously understand Kansas because they don't really celebrate all the Big 12 titles. They put them all out there, all those glass, like, dishes Cauldrons or whatever, or whatever yeah, they are. They know that, love that, but – Banners, they went Final Fours. Like Kansas, yeah, any Kansas fan, they don't give a rat's ass about Big 12 titles. They don't it's get to the Final Four. You know, that's what they want. You know what? It's what the Patriots did. They would just get to the Super Bowl, right? They got spoiled. And we're, we're crossing that line a little bit with the Chiefs, right? Two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC West Championship games. Wrong it, Ben. We're talking 69-70, then they season. 
in 93 where Joe Montana has to come to the Chiefs. DeMarcus Allen takes him to the title game against the Bills. And then the host one just didn't happen here. Now it's been three straight. So we're getting kind of that spoil. I'm I'm with Kelsey, though, because I'm to this point now. If you don't win it, you're bitter. Because I can't say I'm sitting there, you know, throwing a parade, shooting fireworks for just being in the Super Bowl. Now, when they won it, we did. Right? We chugged those beers, slammed those beers. We got excited. You went and buy the World Championship hats or shirts or whatever if you're that guy or gal. But we didn't, we didn't do it for just being in the Super Bowl, right? It made us mad. That game versus the Bucs, I still can't even watch it again. They show it at nauseum. I don't so, like thinking about Tom. it. I don't like thinking about it either. Yeah. But to me, I can't say it's a success, even though technically it is because they made it as far as you can possibly go in an NFL season. Hell, they played every game. I mean, the NFL, 256 games in the COVID year. They dealt with it. They dealt with it. They, they were missing pieces. They moved games to Tuesday and Wednesday. Would have got through it. Should we call it a success? Like, I'm with Kelsey there. And you know damn well Stephen Olathe is, too. He's not throwing any parties. I think it's one thing where, like, in the moment, it doesn't feel like a success, right? But in seven years, when you're like, remember when they went to two straight Super Bowls? That was pretty good. But I'm glad he has this attitude, though. No, I agree. Like, there's something that don't like this. Like, hey, you you just, now, winners like to win, man. You think Tom Brady liked any of his Super Bowl losses? Hell no. Hell no. These guys like to win. They like to play the golf tournaments in the offseason, being the man, going on the barbershop like Tom did. Chiefs didn't get any of that last year. No, they couldn't. They, they, no partying. Which is, it's good or bad if you want to look at it because, bad because, you know, when you want to see, like, seeing these guys in golf, the good was their whole concentration was on football. Like, for the Chiefs, it was shutdown mode, think about football. This is the end-all, be-all. But they really didn't get that chance to have a little fun. They win the Super Bowl, have the parade, then boom, we're all shut down. Which it can be good or bad. I mean, it's good if you're, like, stick to the, Stick to the playbook guy, which I know a lot of times you are. But coming up next, storylines for training camp and should the Chiefs in 2022 get that, change their helmets? I know Stephen Olathe doesn't want this, but we'll talk about it next. Sunday. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Bankley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. One month until training camp. So, to signify what this means, I have to go to Ron Comp from OverheadPride.com. What's up, Ron? Hey, Bank. How we doing? I'm just I'm just ready for training camp already. Me too. We got to wait another month for this. Kind of getting tired of the wait already, but uh, you know we'll what? survive. We'll survive. You know what, bro? We got a month ago. 
Next week, you get to shoot off some fireworks, have a little fun on the 4th of July. And then, boom, you got three more weeks. And then you got training camp. It's, it, it, it goes that fast. Last year, did you feel ripped off last year? Because I did. No OTAs, no mini camp, no preseason. Yeah, absolutely. And they had the training camp thing at Arrowhead, I remember, that uh, season ticket members were able to attend. Um, I did not attend that myself. But at least they gave us a little live stream of that. I remember that. That was nice. But, yeah, it's going to be nice to get back <laughs> in the St. Joe where you can kind of just watch practice at your own pace, look at the stuff you want to look at, and – yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready. Think about what you're saying. You got excited over a live stream. Dude, <laughs> 2021 is much different than 2020. All right, no live streams. You get live action. You can watch it with your own eyes. Let me ask you this, though. When you go to St. Joe, what's going to be the number one thing you're looking for? See if we're on kind of the same page. Yeah, number one thing I'm looking for, I think, in my opinion, I'm an offensive kind of guy. I'm going to be really looking at the offense. I think one of the things I'm going to be looking for the most is just the receiver battle. We know Tyreek Hill is who he is. He's the star of this receiving group. He's one of the best receivers in the entire NFL. Just how that shakes out behind him, how the battle at the X receiver between Robinson, Pringle, and even Powell, if he can get into the mix in there, how they kind of shake it out there, how Antonio Callaway fits into into the offense, how much he can be utilized, and then how much – the biggest thing is probably how much Hardman has taken steps forward this offseason. It's a really big year for him. It's not make or break, but that third year in the NFL, when you're on that four-year rookie deal, that's a really big deal for the, for the team to kind of know what they're looking for. And maybe they extend you after this season, or you know, then you're going into a contract year where you have to play as a free agent. This is a big year for Hardman. I'm really looking to see if he has improved on things like route running and just overall chemistry with Mahomes. It seemed like there were some chemistry issues last year with Mahomes and Hardman. So that's that's my main thing, Hardman probably. But just the receiver group as a whole. There's a lot of interesting storylines in that group. See, I, I like that too. And I'd put that as storyline number two. Number one to me and will always be what unit they put out there for snaps with the first string for the offensive line, right? Okay, can LDT, you know, does he come back, take his job back? Or does Andrew Wiley, Allegretti, does Austin Blythe get moved from center to guard? And then what about the rookie Trey Smith? To me, and then right tackle, the Rimmers Niang battle. To me, that's where that to me, that storyline won. Am I off on this? Or because I look at we know Mahomes can do it. Doesn't matter who the third receiver is, you better be able to block. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. The one thing I will say about the offensive line, now that Kyle Long isn't really in the picture for training camp at least, it does make it a little less interesting. Just because, in my opinion, it, it seems like it's pretty set in stone now, unless, you know, Trey Smith just comes into training camp and dominates, that LDT is going to be a right guard. And then I just imagine, I, I, I'm really starting to think, or not starting to think, I've thought this all offseason, that Remmers would be the right tackle, uh, at least week one. If Niang works himself in there towards, the, you know, as the season gets going, that's one thing. But the offensive line all of a sudden doesn't feel like there's much. Um, competition, I guess, or uh, among the starting five as much um, difference. I, it just seems like the starting five who kind of already know it now, LDT, probably a right guard, and Remmers taking over right tackle for week one. So that's my main thing. And we know the left side, you know, already Brown, Tooney, and Creed Humphrey probably playing center. But it will be interesting to see the depth, you know, who fits in at depth and who makes it. I mean, guys like Wiley and Allegretti may not even have a job by week one. See which one of those guys sticks on the team. Yeah, the Chiefs are alert to – the other teams that are in the league because they will cut a serviceable NFL guard, including a guard that might have started in a Super Bowl. That could happen. And not only that, but Andy Reid is the type. He doesn't care where you're drafted, how much money you make, 
what your contract looked like. Like he truly to me is best five on the offensive line. He's the best five, best who's who's my best chance to succeed guy. That's what he cares about. But there is a possibility if you have Creed Humphrey at center and Trey Smith some way makes him, himself a starter and then Niang beats out Rimmers, all of a sudden you'd be looking at three rookies on the right side. That concerns me a little bit, to be quite honest with you. But if they deem that their best five, I'm good with it. Yeah, what you said earlier about the, the guard being cut, I will just say that's why I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen maybe a trade. And maybe, you know, not yet. Maybe it's not smart to trade away anybody yet. But just a, a low-level trade for low draft compensation, maybe that'll happen closer to the start of the season. But for one of these wily Allegretti guys. But, yeah, moving on to the, the LDC Trey Smith point. Yeah, I, I the, a lot of rookies starting on the offensive line is never that great of a thing, especially if you're trying to win now. It's good for the long term. You know, you want to get them experience so they can get – up to their ceilings as a player quicker, you know, get that experience under them. But they are trying to win now, and that's why I kind of say about Remmers is he is probably the best option at right tackle right now. He, he was a serviceable right tackle last year. He played well at that position the entire year. He had to kind of move around places and obviously left tackle the first time he played it all year. He was in the Super Bowl against one of the best defensive lines he faced all season. So, yeah, I, I think Remmers is a guy that, that really fits what the Chiefs want at right tackle, just a steady – solid presence if he doesn't age too much this year I think he's got that position down but like you said if Niang can just show a close ability to him you know maybe just close that gap a little bit so they're not too far off talent wise and maybe they say hey Niang needs this experience you kind of maybe you sacrifice a little in the short term but it's going to pay off in the long term down the down the road when Niang is really comfortable as a right tackle for the foreseeable future so yeah, it, it's kind of that delicate balance, uh, winning now and then setting your rookies up to big experience. I just think uh, at first, especially week one, I think we'll see, we'll see the veterans over the rookies. Yeah, that's why I didn't put a lot of stock into the Castro being cut from the Steelers. It's like, all right, that's, that's, a, that's a plentiful position for the Chiefs. And if they do trade, it might be wise to do it sooner rather than later because eventually the chess match is going to turn where teams know Beach can't keep everybody. And they're not yeah. going to give you much value because they know these guys are going to be on the streets anyway at some point, so a little bit cautious. You mentioned Antonio Callaway with the wide receivers. Pete Sweeney did too. One of his surprises in camp, a lot of people not talking about uh, the 24-year-old out of Florida, is Antonio Callaway. It's going to be in a nice battle. I, I'm on kind of the Hardman camp. I guess I'm buying some of the things the enemy and he are saying, but you got, I'm from the show-me state. you got to show me something first. And I really like some of the thoughts we're getting out of Cornell Powell. And, of course, you got Demarcus Robinson coming back yet again trying to earn that contract. And then, of course, Byron Pringle that's totally in Andy Reid's circle of trust. Um, it's going to be tough for Callaway just because of the names I mentioned. Yeah, that's the thing. Callaway's a little redundant of what the Chiefs have in McCole Hardman, of what they've used McCole Hardman in, in the past, I should say. Because um, hopefully Hardman takes that step where he's not just a gadget player and just a guy that's manufactured touches. He can get the ball on his own, get open on his own. But the thing with Callaway is he is a little different in the sense that, from what I saw, you don't really want him as this this screen guy. You know, this guy getting the ball, getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and making plays in the open field. He really is at his best when he is just a deep threat guy going down the field and the home bombs away sixty yards down the field. So that's why. I think he is a little redundant with the Hill and Hardman thing because they do have two really good deep threats already. But when you have a third guy, maybe you can add into the mix in situations where 
the defense is already worried so much about what Hill and Harvin can do, you know, keeping them in front of them. All of a sudden, here comes Callaway as a third guy, and whoever your third defender is, or if the safeties are occupied by Hill and Hardman, he can take someone deep too. So that's why I see the value of Callaway, and that's why I, I think they'll be a little tempted by that. They don't want to just get rid of that. They don't want to just cut ties just because they already have five receivers they, they like, and he's not much of a special teamer. I feel like they're going to be really tempted to fit him in somewhere, even if he isn't getting the ball every single game, even if he doesn't see a target every single game. At least sometimes in certain situations against certain defenses, he's going to be an overwhelming situational deep threat. And with Mahomes' arm, you, you, like guy, you like having guys like that that can win deep. Former fourth-round pick, who, by the way, did play for the Vipers in the XFL. I'm, I'm partial to these XFL guys, uh, Ron. As we're talking to Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P, um, there. What do you think about 2022, Ron? I can get your thought on a few things I've been discussing. I haven't discussed this yet, but will. The matted helmet. The Chiefs could do a new helmet in 2022. The alternative, because they're talking about the Bucks going back to the, you know, the old school. It seems like... Everybody embraces the throwbacks more than the new jerseys that people can put out. But 2022, the Chiefs, every team has an alternate, but they can wear an alternate and switch up helmets. My question to you, you messing with it all, or are you staying uh, with the cool uniforms they already have? See, if the Chiefs are kind of one of the franchises, as fans we know, they don't really get these unique throwback uniforms that we're all excited about to, to bring back because they've always had the same uniforms, really. Um, but but I will say uh, I'm kind of a salty a little bit, a little disappointed that this rule couldn't get implemented for this year because I remember 2009, Cowboys coming to Arrowhead. They got their throwbacks, and we have our throwback Dallas Texans uniforms on. I thought that was a really cool uniform matchup. That's always stuck with me. And we do play Dallas in Arrowhead this year. I thought that would have been a great opportunity to break out the throwbacks again get that uniform matching with the Texas Texas State on the side of our helmets. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know who our 22-2 opponents are, to be honest with you. If we play someone like Houston or Tennessee, I don't know which one of them has the rights to wear the throwback Oilers uniforms. Yeah. That would be pretty cool if we if we rock Oilers and Dallas Texans kind of going back at it. That's what I like. I like the uniform matchup, not necessarily just wearing the uniform whenever. I like seeing the, the throwback matchups, like I said, Oilers, Texans, or – uh, you know, with the Cowboys too. So well, everybody's changing. I would love to see it for sure. The players love it. The players love it with the switching uniforms. I mean, I've never been a big uniform guy. I kind of like the traditional sense. The Chiefs, you know, kind of got themselves like Penn State. Even Nebraska changes uniforms from time to time. In Seoul, Notre Dame. I'm a big fan of those matted helmets, though. Like if they decided to go all black, I'm just cool with that. Ooh. I'm cool with the all black matted helmet. That look is tremendous. I would like to see the Chiefs do something a little unique just for once because they really the, the most unique thing they've ever done is really just the red on reds and you know that's just adding red sure. to a uniform you've always worn. I like the red on red. I know some people don't. My favorite uniform's always been the white on white. I think that's the cleanest. I like that. Um, I like the consistency. Yeah, I, I would like to see something more unique. Yeah, maybe an all black or. I don't know how yellow would work on the on the. I don't know if I'd like that. The yellow, if there was a yellow uniform, but I, I'll go for all black. Yeah, I like the look just for one game. I mean, I'm okay with that. Even if they kept the same uniforms, a gold black helmet, good with that too. Anything you can do to sell merchandise, I guess. Final question for you, Ron. Played it earlier. Travis Kelsey was on SiriusXM, and he called last year a disappointment because they didn't win the ring. 
And I agree with him. Like, that should be their mindset because they're hearing about this. They're hearing about the Bucs. They flip it on. Oh, the Bucs beat the Chiefs. I can't even watch the Super Bowl. I can't imagine if they can, too, uh, have to sit there and watch it. Do you agree with Kelsey or not with disappointment? Absolutely. And, and you can tell that's why this team is so successful, because they don't – going to the Super Bowl isn't, isn't cool to them. Isn't, that's not the goal. Mahomes was new, you know, in 2018, obviously, but the rest of the team wasn't. Most of the team was here throughout the entire Andy Reid era. And, you know, just because Mahomes' is first starting year, you go all the way to the AFC Championship, you know, I guess it's supposed to maybe be celebrated more. But you could tell the whole team was just like, you know, we didn't do enough. That, that was unacceptable. You know, we need to get back and win the Super Bowl. And that's just going to be their mindset from now on, especially now that they've won it, right? I mean, once you win the Super Bowl, nothing – you can't have a success in any other way besides winning it again. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with him. And, and it's really why this team is successful because the entire team feels like that. You, you ask anybody on the team, and they're going to say the exact same thing. Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P. Anything you're working on this week, Ron? What should we be looking for? Working on this week, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to dive into some, some stuff a little later today. I know Friday I dropped an article on how the Chiefs can get better at blitzing. I kind of highlighted with Jerry Sneed's role in the blitz game, also which linebackers were blitzed the most and, and maybe see a shakeup in that, in that sense. But check that out on AirHeadPride.com, and I'll have more stuff out this week. You know, I was going to ask you about that. I know I said we're done, but I'm not done. Ron, as far as your article for Friday, I'm curious, though, because that became a nice weapon for this defense. They, they had to start manufacturing that. Listen, they were getting the quarterback hits and everything, but not bringing the quarterback down. But when Legereus Need had, well, actually, the Chiefs' corners had five straight games of a sack. Legereus, four of those, except for the game he sat out against the Chargers. But DeAndre Baker got that sack from the corner position. Sneed probably left two snacks, snaps or sacks on the table. He got to the quarterback, didn't bring him down. But that is that was a huge part of what the Chiefs are and the Chiefs do, especially when you throw in the honey badger. And, you know, he's number one defensive back in the NFL getting to the quarterback since he came in the league. Yeah, Ladarius Sneed has been has been really great in that in that slot role in terms of not just being a, a good coverage defender because he has been out as well. But just around the box, he's really good in running defense. He's a really good tackler. He has good acceleration to get to the to where the ball is. And you see it the most on blitzes, like you just mentioned. Four straight games, basically, that he played where he had a sack. And all every sack was pretty impressive in its own way. Uh, he's able to beat blocks. The, the one against the Saints, Kamara gets him pretty good at block. And then all of a sudden, he just throws Kamara to the side and gets the breeze. So he's a strong dude. He's a strong blitzer. Knows how to work, that, uh, work around blocks and everything. And I, that's why I really think they need to keep him in the slot when they go into nickel formations. Obviously, have him on the outside when there's only two cornerbacks. But keep him around the box. I think he's the kind of guy you don't want to just stay on the outside and kind of uh, away from the ball. So you would keep him in the slot? Because what's funny is his snaps are almost identical from being in the slot or being on the outside. Of course, he was on the outside, gets hurt, comes back, is in the slot. But they're nearly identical, really showing his versatility. Yeah, exactly. No, and, and it's kind of a, it was almost a new position for him, and, and that's a hard position to learn for a rookie slot. There's so many responsibilities. You're not just on the sideline. You have your, it's a two-way go for the receiver to get past you, and you just have a lot more things to worry about in terms of run defense as well. And he picked it up really well, and I just think his athleticism, his burst, his willingness to tackle, it all is kind of stuff that you really want from your nickel cornerback right now. You want from your outside cornerback as well, but Sneed's athleticism and his playmaking ability – 
I just we need that closer to the box so he can blitz more and just like I said and run defense as well, just being around the box and, and bringing down ball carriers. To me, he was the Chiefs' rookie of the year. Clyde won it, but I have that respect for Snead. Of course, the injury as well kept him from that. But he had 164 snaps on the outside, 171 on the inside. Uh, proven basically can do both roles, even though the slot much better. Ron Cop at Ron underscore Cop K O P P ArrowheadPride.com has a great article about the Chiefs and improving the blitz. Uh, from Friday. Thanks, Ron. All right, thanks, Jay. There you go, Ron Cop, right there. I'll get into that in just a second because, you know, uh, go back to this offensive line. Should the Chiefs trade somebody or not? Because they, eh, they want the cash or not. The good news is Chiefs fans surprised me in a good way. I'll explain next. Big Sunday. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. The number one thing to watch in St. Joe to me is the offensive line. Now, they're going to have players, and the concern is when you have teams like the Chargers that revamp their offensive line to some extent. I really like bringing in Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsey to that offensive line. But the Raiders, you know, Trent Brown's gone. Gabe Jackson's dead gone. Brady Hudson's gone. But some of these guys, the Chiefs cut at right guard because they're going to do it, don't end up in L.A. or, excuse me, Vegas or L.A. with the Chargers. Because there will be teams lining up. Because these guys know the playbook. <laughs> like some of these guys started the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So that's got to be a little bit of a concern that all of a sudden one of your linemen that you cut tries to make it with another team. There's legitimate competition like we've never seen before for some of these spots. Like Tooney and Brown, like I don't, they don't even need to show up. Like Creed Humphrey still needs to beat out Austin Blythe. I think he will. But if Blythe gets move from starting center could he be in the guard rotation because he was a starting guard for the Rams people may not remember Steve or uh, Austin Blythe brought in in the offseason kind of an under the radar move just kind of like Jaron Reed but not as good as Jaron Reed but brought in starting center for the Rams he started uh, started center for Brian Hill it was right guard so he could do both Andy Reed likes guys that could play both but it's one year contract but he's making less than a million dollars it's extremely attractive if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you got a guy going out there looking for the major bag alert, even though he's probably not in line to get that major bag. Maybe a little bit of a bag, but not the, the major one, uh, going out and getting a contract. But there will be a right guard that's serviceable that can't start in the NFL or two cut from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Pete likes Antonio Callaway, the wide receiver, former fourth-round pick, who's had a share of trolls, been bouncing around the league for the last couple of years, even the XFL. Had some serviceable years, but you got to pretty much go back to 2015 where he had over 19 yards of reception at Florida. I'm not worried about him at this point. Like Byron Pringle to me, we, we've all talked, you know, who's behind Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. It is going to matter because that guy's going to flourish. Pick, unless they split catches last year like, Rob, like Hardman did and Demarcus Robinson. Unless somebody just wants to seize that Sammy Watkins role. I thought Pringle did a pretty good job of it last year. Like, he was really cruising in Vegas until he gets hurt. But he did catch the first catch in the Super Bowl. And I don't think anybody, you know, outside of Tyreek Hill is when you see him just getting better and better and better every year. Like, this is what I want to see from Harden. And hopefully see that this year from Harden. Pringle, we've already seen it. This guy is, is scrapped his whole way. He's got these Merrifield, man. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove himself both in special teams and on the field. But Byron Pringle is a freak of nature. 
He really is. Do you think? Do I think he's got a chip on his shoulder? Yes. Do you think he does? Because certainly he thought he was going to be drafted. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about a chip necessarily, but I mean, he's definitely got. He had the skills to be drafted, and for whatever reason, he kind of got passed over. But and he's made the most of his opportunities. He's and already been to two Super Bowls. He's got a ring. He's got a great shot here, and he could definitely be, you know, the third guy for sure in that wide receiver core. See, I don't think Andy Reid cares. Like at this point with Pringle, you don't care if he was second round, third round. As I mentioned, Antonio Callaway was as long a fourth as he's on the pick. roster. It doesn't matter. You know, Tyreek Hill's a fifth round yeah. pick. Come on, you redrafted. He's top five player. You don't care. Like you don't look at Snead as a mid round pick. You think, all right, that's a first round pick. You don't care at this point with Pringle. Andy Reid just cares about guys that continue to bust their ass to get better. It's what he does. It's one thing I like about Reid. I've always wondered. It's not going to happen here. Of course, it's not going to happen. But I've always wondered, like coaches. If they suffered some kind of amnesia where they didn't know what happened and just were out there fresh, everything's fresh. You don't know where they were drafted, how much money they make. You just play the best players. Like to have that mindset, but he's kind of got that mindset. They're not going to screw around with this offensive line. Like they are not, they, they have showed, you know, they were, they were willing to, we came down at two 30 in the morning with Trent Williams. They wanted to get the number one tackle out there in Joe Tooney, the number one guard. The Chiefs weren't messing around free agency. They found a way to get the trade with Orlando Brown, which I think is a little bit like Houdini with the handcuffs under the water, being able to get a, the Ravens starting tackle to be in Kansas City, which is crazy. But they care about this offensive line. And, yes, yeah, everything's on the table on the right side to me. Who's going to show up and kick some butt? Like, who's going to be that guy? Because Andy Reid, former offensive line coach when he's at Mizzou, Andy Heck, longtime offensive line coach for the Chiefs, they're only going to play the best. Like, they don't care about anything else. They don't care about how much money you make, where you were drafted. They don't care about anything. It's going to be the best five. And they need it. you got a half-billion-dollar quarterback, best player in the NFL. For some reason, Pro Football Focus doesn't have him number one. I'll get to that next. Sunday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.